You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, everybody. Hope everyone's having a good start to their day. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you this morning. Um, Mike. And, and Mike. your mic, Mike Spencer. Is- yell, yell at your mic. The producer's mic is on the wrong setting. I fix my mic. You happy? All right. Uh, <laughs> mic is fixed. We're off to a good start. Uh, as far as overall markets, kind of the same story as as what we've seen for the past couple of days or couple of weeks here. A lot of high-flying stocks. We'll talk about those. Um, hey, El Salvador uh, made Bitcoin legal tender today, so maybe that's interesting. Maybe it's not. i tell you what. I'll talk about that with our 9 o'clock guest, the CEO of Marathon Digital, Fred Teal, will be on with me. And before that, at 8.35, we'll have Fari Hamzi on the show. And Fari's always great, always a character. So big show today. Before we proceed with Joel's levels, go ahead and take two seconds out of your day and give us a like. We appreciate that. And now, Joel, if we can, bring up those charts and um, give us some levels for uh, the futures this morning. If they exist. Is, uh, is Fari at 8.15 or 8.35? Oh, I'm sorry, 8.15. I, I stand corrected. So it's, two it's, mistakes it's, here it's, in two minutes. Uh, <laughs> He's in trouble. Uh, and we're all feisty today. I'll see myself out. I'll see myself out the door. <laughs> He's gone. He's gone. gone. We lost the producer. That's uh, we're, just, we're just hovering up here uh, near all-time highs. A uh, little dip overnight. A uh, bunch of highs right here. Uh, 36.75 yesterday's high. We're up five and three quarters handles. 42.31 and a quarter. Uh, crude, going to get that second close perhaps over 70 at 70.41, up 36 cents. Uh, gold in the red by a buck 60 at 18.92.80. Silver in the green by just a couple pennies at 27.75. Bitcoin down one day, up another. El Salvador comes to the rescue. Bitcoin up 23.85 at 32.295. 
back above that former support and Ethereum following suit, just not quite in the uh, same percentage wise up 7650 at 2590. So Dennis, what do you want to talk about? The only thing that moves is the Reddit stocks. This is the market we're in right now. This SPY, well, let's start with SPY because we have been in the quietest Wake range up. here. Wake me up. Wait, there is just nothing happening in SPY. Look I mean, at we this. keep bumping our heads up against the highs, but it is quiet, quiet trading. And why is that? Because all of the speculative cash, all of the money is just waiting for the next Reddit name. Jim Cramer has completely jumped on the Reddit bandwagon. He's trying to promote stocks. I mean, this is just reddit driven market and you've got to respect the reddit traders i'll say it again because what they're talking about is what is moving so i mean every our whole chat right now littered with tickers they are all reddit stocks my up filter if i'm going and looking at the gainers filter it is basically all reddit stocks or news stocks one or the other but they're all there wish is the new one that's been clover for the last few days now it's w-i-s-h that's the new one that's starting to really move here obviously being pumped on Reddit. I mean, this is just uh, what this market is. It's one, um, it's really being driven by social media. It is the complete driver and really the only driver right now. That's why we continue to talk about these stocks. So even though AMC is a quiet day, they've bounced to another one. They were on Clover yesterday and Clover does continue CLOV. I mean, here's one that I'm absolutely kicking myself on now. I cannot believe the move in this thing. But, you know, I bought this a week and a half ago at, I think, $7.90 because I thought, oh, it's got a higher short interest. Maybe this is going to start to go. It had that big pop in two days where it popped up to 10 and I sold it, I believe, in the like mid nines, made 20% of my money overnight. And I was like, that's a pretty good trade. And it kind of sat there for a day or two, didn't do anything. Well, now, don't I look like the idiot? I guess you got to just hold strong diamond hands. Paper Hands Dennis leaves all the money on the table. Clover's is now $27. It's a triple. It's a triple from where it was just three days ago. These moves are nothing short of incredible. And the money just continues to move from one stock to the next to the next. And everybody wants to know, what's the next big Reddit mover? Today, yesterday it was Clover. Today it appears to be WISH. Yeah. That stock is up 35%. They're talking about it nonstop on Reddit. I find myself going to Reddit to see what is moving as well now too. Because you've got to know what is moving. This is the only thing that is moving. People are ignoring the mega caps. So, I mean, this is just unbelievable movement in stocks when, you know, the social media grabs hold of them. Yeah, I'll just uh, just wish uh, that caught uh, a bid that traded up over $17 here in the after hours. So if you're looking for a target in uh, WISH, 1765, you're two bucks off that. Kind of the pattern you've been seeing is you hit a pre-market high, you sell off, and then you just come roaring back. Uh, Clover, someone, I don't know who, why, or what what their uh, strategy is, but you got to sell her over 28 here um, in Clover. Uh, three highs, you've snuck over 28. So 28.30, I think that hit that three times between the after hours and pre-market. So there, if you want to target, or if it goes down during the day and then comes back up through 28.30, maybe pulls a Wendy's or something, but uh, someone's selling some stock up there for sure. So, like the question, uh, someone's selling some stock up there. Someone's buying stock up there too. Joe. Yeah, I mean, true. the stock just continues to go. Where are the party? This is all time highs. I, I mean, know. it went from basically all time lows to all time highs in in 
so what did we hit? I guess March it was lower than that, but we were down there at six dollars and fifty-one cents. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen trading sessions ago. We were six dollars and thirty-one cents. So it's in fifteen days up four hundred percent. I mean, if you're coming in these things now, know the risk is so high. I can't come in and start chasing. I don't yeah, chase the stock. Look when I bought it was I was like I was anticipating that we might start to get a move into some of these higher short interest names. And, you know, we talked about that list that everybody had went to in January. That whole entire list has went again. It is January on repeat and in some cases January on steroids because in January it was very GME focused. There was some other stocks going. Uh, but this has just been once Bed Bath & Beyond got kickstarted, they started grabbing everything that has short interest above 20%. You go to, you know, your scanner and you run a, 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 a scan for stocks above 20% short interest. The majority of those stocks, doesn't matter what they do, the majority of those stocks, they didn't have any news over the last few days, have gone higher. And it's weird because like Bed, uh, 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 BlackBerry, you know, that was hot for a few days and then they kind of leave, you know, kind of uh, – selling off a little bit so it's kind of it's kind of selective and in, in, in where they go i you know it's Wendy's. not even selective it's just they go from one piece they make it move <laughs> and then they move to the next one and then they make it move and then they move to the next one and they make it move i mean it's unbelievable and like i said kramer is talking about these stocks now so i mean we're talking about them here too he's like right on there like he gave you beyond meat two weeks ago and yep. you know he caused like it wasn't like you know that he's pointing to it kramer caused that short squeeze by promoting it on his show 126 to 150 in two days after it was featured on mad money and he said basically to the red traders go get this one it's got a high short interest i mean cheerleading it it's it's an incredible market it's a weird market to like sit back and analyze and i don't know where the regulators come down you know when they start looking at you know different you know influencers and their market influence well, i mean i, I know they've given elon musk some scrutiny for this in the past i but, don't know what are your thoughts here spencer like well, is but, eventually but, regulators come in and, and look at this more closely chat saying this as well also like we can never really know who is driving what so you might say it's being talked about on reddit but for all we know that is oh the big boys are in Reddit. I mean, come on, it's easy right. access, right? right. It's anonymous. Right. It's right. the hedge funds. It's right. that's what you wonder is that Joel and you're right is that the big boys there isn't some hedge funds behind some of these moves. But I mean, this I mean, this, this recent move wasn't Man. even this recent move in all these high short interest names probably wasn't even you know like hedge funds. Oh, let's go get this one. It's just a matter of they were getting them all. There, this is a run on shorts. And if it's a high short interest name, it's getting run on. I mean, it wasn't rocket science to figure out which ones they were going to go after here. Uh, because obviously, you know, like you look at the, the list that we sent you, Clover and Workhorse were right at the top of the list. So when you look at it from that perspective, you think like, okay, well, they're going after the list. They're, they're going after everything high short interest. Uh, and I should note, uh, everyone, that today after the close, NASDAQ will release its quote up to date as put that in quotes because it's it's lagging but their most recent uh, uh data for short interest will get published today at, after 4 p.m this is for data from uh the last what the last two weeks basically the last two full trading weeks worth of data is going to get published today so we will have some updated updated short interest data on from nasdaq coming out today 
Maybe it's just a question of everyone is afraid to short. And Dennis, if you're, if, if you're afraid to short, you have no tellers. What does that mean? How how much of the? Sh- I mean, if I guess if if you're long calls and you're short the stock, it's it's still counted a short interest, right? Yeah. So that that's a good point. That's yeah, great point. I, yeah. and, and I we've made that point on the show before. And you look at this, and you could be hedged a lot of these shorts that oh, they're potentially they squeezing may not be losing the money you think they're losing because you could be short the stock it's counted as short interest and then your long calls while well, you're hedged so we could be squeezing nobody but i mean that's why i wonder it's like I keep looking, you it's don't see the is. short interest covering it makes you think they're hedged i mean yeah. uh, any any hedge funds just flat out naked short you know they're not, saying they're naked, not gonna but, do that i mean because what, like, why would anybody want to be short? Want to lose money? <laughs> why would they want to be short if they've seen what can happen? It doesn't make any logical sense. I, I think you're right, Joel. I think a lot of this short interest that we're seeing is probably there. There's some hedges in here already put into place. That's you know, I don't think there's a lot of hedge funds like Melvin Capital getting blown out in these moves. I don't think we're going to see that. I think you're probably seeing the market makers really clean up on this. You know, you're going to see big quarters from some of those market makers that you guys don't like that the majority of people don't like out there and we won't name the names. But I mean, with these spreads and this action, they're making markets at buying on the bid, selling on the offer, buying on the bid, selling on the offer continuously there because we know retail orders don't get to the public market. They go through firms, um, the over-the-counter market makers, um, and obviously they're profiting from this. So, but in any regard, there's other people profiting from this too. I mean, there's a lot of these stocks have just really ran. And congratulations to the people who identified that trade a week ago. The high short interest stocks have really run. The reason we talk about it on the show right now is there's nothing else to talk about. We're not in earnings season. We are. We don't have any other drivers. The spy sits here and does nothing. I mean, nothing. So this is the driver. This is the action. I find myself trading some of these names too because there's no other action. You got to go if you're a trader. You got to go to where the action. What is. their strategy you, is? There's Dennis, action here. Was what their strategy is? They wait to you to say you buy it, okay? And then when you sell it, is when they go after it. That's their strategy. They you get in, you hear them, you hear you talk about it, then you take your profit, and then I mean, in, in clover. Oh, um, you're telling me that <laughs> that I sell too soon all the time. <laughs> right. you know they I wait do. till you sell in order to really kick in. All right, I don't like, think anybody's really listening to me. <laughs> but <laughs> well, anyways, you'd be surprised. Okay, so there's uh, two minutes before Fari. The question. Oh, that's right. The question is, that's right, a fifteen, Joel. Um, the the question is, a how long can like how far can some of these things go? Like how much higher can they go? And B, which we don't know, obviously. And B, some some of these companies are like are real companies that that have real fundamental bull theses, right? And, and then like uh, short term move be damned, right? Like some of these companies are are kind of crappy, and some of them are 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 not. Right. And so how do you like, let's say you're in one that you really believe in. Like, let's say you're in like a, a rocket. You really believe in rocket. It's up five bucks. The last last I month. was in rocket. I sold it again right. too soon because it had a nice move. Right. So I got like 15 or 20 percent. What, like what, what, what do you do if you're in one of these that you think long term and it, you're on your. You're you're in the midst of a huge run right now, or Wendy's, for example. Let's say you're. Long-term. I think you. I think you take the profits and you get back in at a better time. I mean, we saw it back in Rocket in February, twenty to forty. Um, I sold a twenty six in that move. I always sell too early. We know me. Wow, forty. Yeah, no. <laughs> I always exit too soon. 
but it goes up to 41, you know, and then it gave you a shot to get back in. I think when the dust settles, these stocks do come back in. I don't believe Wendy's is going to stay up here, but who knows? Like, I mean, I've always felt too soon. So if you hold on for it, it seems these stocks seem to go about five times as far as you think they can go. You know, like it's unbelievable the moves. Like, who would have thought, you know, that AMC could go to $70 from 10 in a week? I mean, you think 10 to 20, wow, that was a good move. 20 to 30, wow, that's a really Ooh, huge look at move. 60. Look and at it goes 60. to 70. Hey, you Reddit guys out there, keep an eye on 60 here. I know they're not exactly, what, 59, 68, and 60, 62. And then the all-time closing eyes been 62, 55. But, uh, and now you're nine bucks away. So they're going to, I think they're down three bucks on the session. Ooh, trying to take out yesterday's low. Be interesting to see if you can get and hold this 5150. That's a two-day low. After that, you're down to 4604. But definitely calming down. Definitely calming down here. You know, people people ask this thing. question, why hasn't Nokia, which was, you know, one Too red thick. stock back in the day. It, 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 it's thick. And the other reason, you know, that Nokia is because it's trading overseas. It is a widely owned stock over there. And it's driven by that market. So you're right. It's very thick, Joel. And people say, well, it went in January. We debunked why it went in January. Because Time. it went during the markets, hours that Europe was closed. And then Europe reopened and they slammed it right back down. So it's like the American, you know, market, and, and obviously over here drove the price up when European market was closed. European market went op- open back up, and it didn't open at those high prices. And the Arabs come in and just drive it right back down. Locking so it in. It, it's tough for a stock like Nokia because you'll see these moves after hours to a certain extent sometimes because the European markets are closed. But it's one, it's too thick, and two, it's it's still obviously ADR and traded overseas and it's widely owned over there. So. Um, could it eventually go? I'll never say never in this market. So right. you, you never do know. But I mean, it, this is the market that we're in. It's like we're looking, what's the next Reddit stock? And it, it, it's kind of, you know, just uh, it's a weird market. All right, let's bring on Fari Hamzi here from Hamzi Analytics first. I like what Jean Sebastian uh, Demare just said. But Fari, oh man, what happened to your lights just now, Fari? You got way too. There we go. Okay. Good morning. Well, too much light. How are we doing? Uh, we're doing fine. Just hanging in there, doing a uh, doing what it takes. Just having a good time. What are your thoughts on all this Reddit? Um, you know, all these Reddit stocks uh, and these meme stocks just blasting uh, off. Not, not my cup of tea. They're not investment. Not right. your cup of tea. Look, well, look, cup of tea, Fari, because, because me and you like trading. Me and you like trading the mega caps and the S and P. Our cup of tea is really quiet right now. There's just not a lot of action in our cup of tea. Well. I, I trade index futures, so with a There's not a lot of action in index futures right now, is what I'm See, saying. No, I made seven percent yesterday. Hold on, seven seven point something. Yes, I mean last three days I made up at least seven percent a day, but at 49, 49 to one leverage, hundred delta. That's the only game in town. Index futures. There's a lot there if you can pick your peaks and uh, your uh, peaks and valleys. Levered right up. Yeah, yeah, and then you, you and you you're looking at are you going. Uh, are you uh, doing? Uh, um, what's that? Uh, I forget the name. It's it. Are you? Are you uh, uh, left translation or right translation? If it's left translation, you're selling the highs, covering covering the from the parameters, covering the and you wait and sell again, cover, sell again. If it's the right translation, you buy, get out. You buy, get out. You just don't go zigzag. It's too risky to go zigzag because of again leverage. And okay. we, we, we spent 20 years developing these outlaws. 
Why do I want to look at uh, GME that's going to be good for maybe one season and then dies? All of these are going to die. Look at look at what you know, we said 28.3 or 28.6 is our su support for Bitcoin. Look where it's going. We said about a week and a half ago. It's on Twitter. It's on LinkedIn. It's on uh, um, um, uh, Facebook. Wait, all right. So y you have a chart here shared with us. Can you? Oh, oh. Oh, sure, sure. This is the only thing I've been in. Hold on. This is the only thing I've been in. VXRT, and this is not a meme. V but, um, Wait, but, is, that what, is that what this chart is? VXRT? Yeah, VXRT. Hard to borrow. It's the doing a capsule. Oh, hard, uh, to, oh, oh, wait, hard to borrow. That's all you need. That's all you had to say. What's yeah, hard, hard to borrow? To, Which stock? <laughs> you can't short it that easily. VXRT. Uh, Victor X-Ray Romeo Tango. It's a COVID pill. You know, it's still in trials. It's a pill. No no refrigeration, no syringe, ease of manufacture. I'm sorry, ease of transport and you know, pretty decent shelf life. It's for the third world. If they want, the third world cannot afford $40 uh, Pfizer. Okay, okay. So wait. Or the refrigeration. Wait, far. So is this a trade? Walk us through the trade. Is that what this is? This is a daily. I'm sorry, this is a weekly. Okay. Me and my family and a bunch of friends and a bunch of people down here in Naples, we've been getting nibbling at it around five to six area. Our average is about five and a half. It's trading at seven forty. It's the second. Uh, it's the second trial. It's on primates right now. They did the hamster. They 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 were going to go to human. FDA said no. You got to do the primates, and then they're going to go to human. Uh, if this thing hits, uh, you should see a multiple of this high. Twenty five. Yes. Multiple of that, of course, because they double, double, double. They go. Yeah, but, but if it hits, but that's a binary event. We don't really know, and we don't know when. It's F I know it's FTA thing, of course. Yeah, but but why our cost is five bucks? We're still in there. It's like an option. Except lottery no, ticket. Except, yeah, lottery has no duration. Has no duration. So you just hold on. Okay. I just don't buy any small stocks, Fari. I don't. This came from. I don't. This, came, listen, <laughs> this is listen, not listen. your cup of tea. This came from a hedge fund. It's an investment. Who's in biofake? Sorry, I, I gotta ask you. I, I mean, do you have I, I, hold on, what's the one thing? I get if somebody comes in with an idea for me, they have to show it to me why. They have to have something behind the story. Yeah. And this came from a hedge fund manager out of Chicago. Yes, okay. sir. What it, do you have a Sigma channel record here on uh, any of these stocks? Is it was yeah, it GME? I, I wanna know. Oh, oh you want to you wanna know let's do AMC. You sound like AMC. AMC. You sound like an ad from uh, Sandroid Life about the uh, National Inquiry. The inquiry <laughs> minds want to know. Okay, here we go. Here's your inquiry mind. Now, Wait. hold on. Let me let's change. Let's fix this. Wait, what uh, is it? Time frame to daily. This is a GameStop. Right. This is a GameStop. That's, yeah, because it's reporting today, right? So, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's where we are. So we had almost three signal yesterday. Uh, this is not today yet because RTH, right? This is yesterday close. So we almost hit three sigma. I mean. It's screaming to sell me at 400, uh, 403. That area says, gotta sell me. So, listen, I had a fellow down here, one of my fellow cigar buddies. We, we sold, he sold, I shall say, we 700 calls when it was 480. Uh, that takes titanium balls. Okay. If you're interested, are we allowed to say that on the show? I just did. I just did. That's why they call me Patton on Norfolk. Listen, there's some probably left on eBay, okay? It says it's slightly used, okay? But that's where you can get some titanium balls. There are very few uh, uh, who can do that.
Seven hundred calls, like seven hundred strike or seven hundred calls. No, 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 seven hundred strike. Not seven hundred calls. No, 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 no. Listen, but he, this guy, this guy. Well, I can't get into detail. This guy can afford seven hundred of those calls. I don't know how many sold. I don't know into that. Talk about that. He's extremely liquid. Okay, extremely. Well, do you? I just curious. What were they trading for? Like five bucks or something? No, he made seventy bucks on that trade. In 24 hours, it dropped. It was at 480. I don't know what it was trading for, but he's it was uh, but he netted. I'm sorry, it was no, I'm sorry, let me give it, bring it back. It was 78 or something, 74, and he covered in the 20s, maybe about 50 bucks on that. The next, the next on Monday, this right. was a Friday. Yeah, like Good trade, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you're gonna be, you're gonna be up there, you're gonna be exhausted. And then he calls me. He says, "What do you think?" I said, "About three sigmas, almost four sigma. Let's draw up a four sigma. Hold on. There's your four sigma. Uh, hold on, one, one second. Give me a sec. Because with these, you really need to. You do need to go there and say yes. Oh, I might say, oh, that is four sigma. I'm sorry. This should be dashed. Let me see. So let's let's make that thing dashed for a second. Like, can you explain to to uh, our our viewers what the four sigma, three sigma, what that means? Oh, absolutely." Sigma is standard deviation from Ottoman Empire statistics. Go back 400 years. It's uh, it's basically a play on Bollinger bands. You have to expand it, and you add sigma levels. So it's a standard deviation. Bollinger band is this line, this line, the center, and this line. The two sigmas. We we look at the stocks for three, plus and minus, plus one and minus one. But on rare occasions, like volatility or these meme stocks, you want to look at four sigma. When you hit four sigma, it's almost hit five, actually, if you think about it. Because you have to look at this. The four sigma was here at this level. This is where you hit four sigma. By the time it gets up there, it could be almost five sigma. When it's there, you sell. That means you raise money, sell, mortgage the wife, the kids, the mistress, the house, the dog. <laughs> mortgage the wife. Raise the money. No, we don't put, do that. That position, <laughs> put that position on and short it. And that's it. Or, or sell the car. You know, Notice he didn't buy puts. He sold calls. He's a very active option trader, very famous. I cannot bring up his name in Chicago market. And he's been there. His dad was there. His grandpa was there. Okay. So he sells 700 calls up here. I was shaking for, for him. I'm in the trade. He is. But I said, huh? He goes, it's only treasure. It's not blood. I said, yes, sir. Boom. And that's the story. You want AMC. Inquiry minds want to know AMC. All right, let's yes. go. Wow. This has got more to go. You think AMC's got more to go? Yeah, it's, it's in the channel. Plus one, plus two. So, you know, I've been looking at this since 2003, 2004. I remember I called John Bolger and said, John, you won't believe what's on my machine. He goes, well, let's get some chili kebab and whiskey and we'll discuss it. So we went to this Persian place in Manhattan Beach. We had, I, imported, I imported something, my cat whiskey, and he was looking at this number. This this line two zero and negative two. I came in and said you gotta look at ones and negative one plus plus one and occasionally go even past three sigma. So uh, so I might like to come up with a methodology to how that works. What has why research has shown since like two thousand five when you get to from plus one to plus two it's a very ideal position to be in. It moves it moves okay with that channel when you go above it's overbought. If it goes below, oversold. Downside is also negative one, negative two. If we get that channel, it's going to bleed to that. 
Because you got to look at both sides. There's Fine. an opportunity on both sides. Yes, sir. Fari Hamzi is the founder of Hamzi Analytics, uh, one of our uh, longest um, uh, serving guests, longest tenured guests we've had here on the show for years. Uh, always interesting, always a pleasure, always eventful, never boring. Uh, Fari, we appreciate your time as always, sir. Pleasure to have pleasure right. to be with you. Thanks, Fari. Thank you. All right. One thing you can say about Afari segments is that they're boring. They are never boring. He's always got action. He's, he's, always got, he's got more to go. He's always got something. Uh, all right. You want to talk about Ride? Let's talk about Ride here. Sure. Uh, this, yeah, came out, ride. this came out when Joel and I were on the stream at the close yesterday. Um, I actually missed this other detail. So first they came out and they gave a going concern warning, which is basically just an accounting term. It means we may not have enough cash to fund future operations but then I, they also said and I, and I missed this the first time around uh they found material weakness in their internal controls over financial reporting that could have led to material misstatements on its financial statements uh also and i saw this in the wall street journal in the spring they were late in paying a property tax bill that they have since paid but with a penalty so in hindsight um, back in April, when their truck made it 40 miles in that in that race, in that desert race, right? Remember that? In hindsight, maybe that was a selling opportunity. In hindsight, but anyway, the selling opportunity was yesterday. I mean, this is the market where, and I was talking with Sean Udall online, and he was just talking about. He's like, I thought I was going to write my clover position off at the end of the year for a tax write off, and here it turned into a huge money maker. I mean, this is the market where you got these dogs in your portfolio, and they come back. And I had a few of these dogs in my portfolio too, from you know when gross trades go bad, and a lot of them came back. You know, this has uh, been a gift. So ride, I believe, was a gift as well. And obviously, we we hope Marcus, you know, we know he sold some calls. I don't know. We don't have confirmation. We'll find out maybe on Friday if he is out of the position or not. Um, it had a nice pop. I mean, it got all the way back from 6 to 15. Now it comes out with some bad news, really bad news. So Horrible. I don't know where it goes from here. This market is the kind of market that is very forgiving. So you can't just write it off and say, oh, yeah, well, you know, they're not going to get the money to fund their operations. I mean, it seems like this market just finds another reason to come in and buy again. So um, until, you know, the market sentiment turns, it's hard to be bearish a stock that just fell five bucks, you know. And I'm not saying come in here and buy the dip on ride. I have no, I'm not, no opinion on it at this point in time. Normal markets, I would say this probably goes lower eventually on the news. But this is not normal markets. People are looking for growth stocks and, and storied stocks to buy the dip on. So I'm just not going to make a call on it at this point in time. But that news is not good. Everyone's asking us about markets. I don't know. We'll find we don't out. Know. We'll find out on Friday. We don't know. We'll find out on Friday. Okay? He'll be on the show. 990, uh, pre-market low, uh, just 10 bucks, nice round number. I think today's a really, you know, you had the big puke yesterday. Uh, let's see if you kind of can hold that pre-market low, you know, hold 10 bucks, maybe have a quiet day or two. But if I think today the turnaround, oh, you have a couple daily lows at 10. I know mid-range is 11 and a quarter. So I'd, I'd say if you could get above and hold 11 and a quarter, then they'll blow this thing off. And on the other hand, if they can hold 10 bucks here for a day or two, then maybe we'll turn around a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it should be interesting to and see how uh, how Marcus handled this. Chad's pointing out Workhorse has a 10% stake. GM has a 5% stake in, in Ride. Uh, and I'll go a step further. Dennis said this market's very forgiving. I'll go a step further than that. Not just forgiving. Bad news 
could be good news, right? In some yeah, cases, it is. Right? In some cases, it is. Maybe the re, uh, the retail. Oh, no. Don't say it. Don't no. say it. What's I, he going to say? I'm going to say what we said before on the pre pre market show a, a rescue mission, just like, you know, AMC was rescued, GameStop was rescued. I'm saying it's not out of the realm of possibility that Rod Reddit would come to rescue Rod. And and rescue ride and and then allowing ride to raise money. They've said they need to raise money. They just said it yesterday. So, yeah. um, that that could happen. That could happen. Anything can happen in this market. Yeah. We've realized that very quickly. Um, I actually was when you were going. What is bad news might be good news. I thought you were maybe going to go to Fastly because oh oh that, I said that... this on the show yesterday morning. I'm still long Fastly. Full disclosure from forty dot forty two dollars when I bought it two weeks ago. Um, I sold the scalp, but I mean, um, this I said on the show, I was like, isn't this, couldn't this be eventually construed as good news here? Because we realize how much, how important Fastly is to the functioning of a lot of sites on the internet. And I think that's why the mar market continues to rally Fastly here this morning. I don't think the market was fully appreciating how much Fastly controls. Okay. And they have one little bug and Fastly and, the, and somebody, you know, they're selling the stock down, you know, almost 10% on that news. That was a buy the dip opportunity if there ever was one. I, I, um, I wish I could have bought more. That. There just wasn't the stock down there to buy it. Um, but anyways, we've seen now a 10 point up moves in 11 50, points yeah. since those lows yesterday morning when they had the outage. And I think the market looks at Fastly and says, Hey, this is a company that is very important to the functioning of a lot of internet sites. So I said that on the show yesterday when the stock, I believe was $49. And I said, I wouldn't be surprised if the market starts to, you know, if they construe this eventually as good news. I was and, gonna, I was going to suggest Cloudera, but I forgot they're getting bought. So forget yeah, um, but it's Netflare. Net isn't Netflare one of them too? Yeah, same idea though. There, there, there's a, Cloud, a Cloudflare. Yeah, right, Netflare. Right. Net. I think it's Net. So ticker. And, and there's a group of these guys that are like in internet and like infrastructure critical, right? Critical. Like they they are yeah. the infrastructure of our internet, right? Remember a few years ago when there was that that AWS outage? Yeah. Um, and like half the internet went down for a day. I think that, and I think that's why Fastly, you know, this kickstarted it here. Yeah. Because I think everybody realized how important it is, but I don't know. Like now you look at Fastly, you want to do technicals on it, Joel. I'll leave those up to you, but, you know, I see that breakdown from 60, and I think, wow, it looks like yeah, it should fill be that gap to 60. It's filling the gap. I mean, yeah. now at this point, it's not the easy money maybe made. You know, like I said, I bought this three weeks ago, and I'm up 40% on it, I think, or whatever that math is 42 to 58. It's starting to be somewhere in that realm. It's been a pretty good move. Um, I'm, I'm trying to hold on to it. Like, I don't know where it's going. I do see, though, that we're probably going to run into some res resistance at 60. We'll see. Yeah, you're filling the gap here. So uh, that was off earnings. Everyone very disappointed. The bottom of that range was 57.71. You've improved on that. Went to 59 even. Dennis is referring to these two tops here. 61.03 and 61.33. That was before the big washout. So it's another couple bucks. First things first, take out the pre-market high. It's a New York stock. There may be some uh, uh, paper stacked at 60. Uh, but you gotta you gotta give the nod here if this continues uh, at least the first time up. Perhaps expect some resistance. Maybe not even today. Maybe if it gets up there tomorrow, sixty one oh three, sixty one thirty three. 
every those were the tops right before the big earnings drop. And I love that this gave you plenty of time. There were like eleven days where you made uh, a low within a three point range, and then this kind of moved up. Kick started on Monday, and then Tuesday. Also, the open was important on that one. You had the lower open by a buck, and just boom, caught a bid immediately. So fastly uh, moving up quickly here. Can we talk about Velodyne for a second? VLDR. Okay. VLDR. This one made a big move yesterday. Um, and I didn't understand why. Does that a short squeeze play? Uh, no. This was a... So, so here, here's what happened. And I'll share my screen here. On Friday, right? I mentioned this last week, right? On Friday, the, uh, the first Friday of June, uh, Fitzy Russell publishes a list of all the stocks that they're going to add and remove from their two major indexes, the Russell 1000 and the Russell 2000. They don't break it down by 1000 versus 2000. They just say, here's all in the whole universe of 3000. These are all the stocks that we're going to add. These are all the stocks that are that we're going to take out. Okay. Now, on this list, it's Velodyne. VL, you can do VLDR. VLDR. There it is. It's on the list. This is out of Friday afternoon. All right. Now, fast forward to yesterday. It's going to Benzinga Pro. Velodyne has a press release out Tuesday morning. We are going to join the Russell 2000. Look at us, everybody. This was announced on Friday. Yeah, and and they jack it. And they let's bring up Joel's chart. You can see it right there. That was company. The company takes advantage basically of (laughs) information that obviously the public already knew, but puts it in a press release, and the algos. Algos are all over the press releases. They're like, oh, Velodyne into the S&P. Bye, 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 bye. Yeah. And the party the, continues here. The news was out. Wow, that's Friday. hilarious. That's the company comes out. That's this market in a nutshell. It's yeah. just misses, you know, like I was even saying with that AFG special dividend back, you know, in the day. And obviously, it's WinX dividend and stuff. And that's why you see the fall. But, you know, I was like 130. And they announced intentions to uh, pay a 12 to $15 special dividend. And the stock is crickets and nothing. And then they officially announce it in a press release, and the stock goes up eight bucks. Yeah, and, and I mean, this is this market. It's like, okay, well, if you read the not, you know, if you can read the non-official release sometimes and, and buy it on it, when the official press release comes out, it goes up. I mean, what was the symbol crazy. on that one, Dennis? That was AFG. AFG. That was like it was like two weeks ago. They announced intentions to pay yep. a special dividend of twelve to fourteen dollars. I bought it because I was like, oh, they're intending. I was like, the stock's probably going to run up ahead of that. And then um, it didn't do anything. It went down for two days. And I'm like, okay, I caught the loss. I actually lost money on it. And then they come out with two days later with the official press release. Of we're paying a $14 special dividend. And the stock runs for five days straight. So obviously, you can see the big gap down because it paid the dividend. And that's what the gap down is in the chart. But, you know, we ran from 130 to 140. It's this market in a nutshell. It's like it's got to be spelled out to it. So, yeah. you know, and, so, and, and, and John- same thing with this VLDR. John 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 Yoski is saying same thing happened with Givo GVO yeah but yes exactly right to a smaller extent but what was that story it's the same exact thing press release yesterday after the close uh, G uh, Givo is joining the Russell three thousand wow so we should go look at all the stocks that join the Russell three thousand right now which other ones are going to issue a press release I'm not, I don't know how you play this because well, there's too many there's not, how many stocks were in there. Uh, that are joining. Do you have a list in front of you? How many stocks were actually like the the ads are usually there's a few hundred. Here's the list. It's it's several. Show pages. it to us. I, I there. It's up. It's several okay. pages long. Right. It's, it's how many pages long? 
Several. What I don't know, like ten. It's yeah, 10 I know. Years. So you're gonna go buy all those stocks? No, because <laughs> no. one might have a press release. It's hey, kind of tough. Look, uh, Clover's in there. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I don't know how to play this. Do you, and and here's the I, I, I have played the Russell for years. I can tell you, it is a tricky trade. I mean, you automatically think all the ads are going to go up, the deletes are going to go down, and textbook that's what it should do. I tell you, in reality, it doesn't always do that. So it's been yeah. a tricky trade. The Russell. It used to be like you know the anticipatory traders would be buying the stocks that they know are going in because it isn't rocket science. You just rank them. Yeah. So you know anybody can take the market caps and can't rank them in an algorithm. And they can spit it out to see what's going to go in and what's not going to go in. And they would, you know, this trade, there's research that comes on as early as I said, four or five months before predicting what's going to be going in, what's going to go out. Now, as stocks fall, those predictions change because it's ranked on market cap. So if they're going in, then obviously, or if if the market cap's going up, they're going to be going in. If the market cap falls, you know, over the next couple months ahead, it could go, it, it might not go in. And that's why these are just projections as well, because those market caps might move around. And some of them might fall out of favor, and some of them might come back in um, during the next two weeks, and that's going to impact whether they go in or they come out of the of the Russell. Everyone's asking where to find this list. I'll show you how. Ready? You go to your internet browser. You go to Google Chrome, Firefox. <laughs> you, you know you can even use Netscape if it's still around, or or, or Bing, whatever. Right? Uh, you Google Russell. I Google Russell reconstitution. You can do Russell rebalance. Russell reconstitution 2021 is what I Googled. The very first link, bada bing, bada boom, takes you to the 50 page. Boom. Here we go. Big old button that says additions. Big old button that says deletions. You can view the list right there. Uh, This was out Friday. And this list will be updated every Friday for the rest of the month until the rebalance actually happens at the end of June. Dennis, don't you usually just wait until like all the dust is settled and like on that actual day and then maybe do some fades instead of yeah, that's why I've to played be, the last uh, few anticipatory. Years. I, yeah, I feel like it's safer. I used to do the anticipatory <laughs> trade where you're like trying to predict and trying to get a portfolio on ahead of time, trying to, you know, I think these ones are gonna go in and this is probably what's gonna get announced. And you know what? It's been mixed results for the last decade. I mean, this worked well 20 years ago. Um, maybe the market was simpler back then. But what's but, old, is new, what's old is new again, Dennis? Well, maybe, oh. and maybe the the simpler strategy is going to work here again. So you know, there's been a number of traders. I mean, it's not me. There's a, like a ton of traders that and hedge funds that try to predict where you know what's going in, what's going to go out, and try to make money on that. And there usually is that drift up on the ads and the drift down on the deletes. Um, sometimes on the actual day, though, they just get overcrowded and, and oversubscribed to basically like crowded crowded trades 101. And you actually have se- I've seen on the days where the ads on the actual day they're supposed to get added. And it's like, oh, they got to buy all this. Like we're going to see this big move in Tesla, which actually did occur. Um, you know, all of a sudden the ads are crowded. They overpower the indexers and boom, you actually see a fall in the price. I've actually seen it go the opposite way. So it's not a slam dunk. The way I trade it at the close is I basically fade the moves no matter what they are. So, you know, if the stocks are, you know, going straight up and gapping up in the close, I'll usually short those. And if they're going straight down and gapping down into the close, I'll, I'll usually buy those. And it's just a fade trade. I put the LOC order, the lemon on close order, and I'm fading, fading them that way. And that seems to be a safer way to play. They usually retrace back. But I mean, again, with trading, nothing's, you know, we work just in probabilities, nothing's absolute. 
Uh, was it uh, the uh, the hit and algo trick? Didn't that kind of turn you off that one time when uh, you didn't turn off your algo and you kept on well, getting? I, I go in that story, the Russell, yeah, where yeah. I had an algorithm running on it and the algo. Yeah, we're not going to go into that one again. I've told that story lots of times on the show before. It's a good one. Now I've done I've done some algorithmic trading. Who's buying this? Running. I am. I was trading the clothes. Yeah, I know, and I'm like I had it minimized in the background. I didn't realize it was still running, and it was like buying stocks, and I was like. I didn't buy that stock. I was like, oh my goodness, I've still got my algo running and it was buying the stocks. And it was a nightmare. And I was going to the UK, Europe. I said, I wasn't going to tell a story. I was going to the UK the next the next morning. It was like the Friday night. And I was leaving for a week vacation with my wife. Saturday morning, I had all these stocks that, my, that I had bought, you know, like millions of dollars in stocks. And I'm like trying to hedge it all out. And then anyways, I ended up having to just hedge it all out went and traded out of it all the next morning or, or the Monday morning from the UK. Oh, man. So anyways, that was a little I bit of a nightmare. Out. I actually, at the end of the, the dust settles on that, I almost scratched it all out, which was, which I was happy to do because when you're, you know, making mistakes with algorithms, <laughs> it gets scary. I'm going to get good uh, scary. Yeah, for sure. Michael commented that I've got a lot of tabs open. Michael, I've got five different windows across two different browsers. I have over 50 tabs open right now. So you ain't seen nothing, my man. That's like not, that's Let's not see good. this. Let's see this. What's he talking about? I want to see all these. Tabs. I don't know if we want to. Or maybe see you're not allowed. To I mean, this is just one window. This is just yeah, one, one window. I've got. Oh yeah, look at all the tabs. He's got I, open I've got five top. windows open across two browsers. Doesn't that slow your computer? You must have a really good computer. I actually, Aaron Thomas built me a computer. It's amazing. This I should my, have him build me a computer. My computer too. is is colorful. I I don't know how to show you guys. I guess I could. Uh, I could try to throw the camera down there, but uh, my computer is colorful. But you're not wearing pants. I, I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> so maybe Spencer, like, you uh, look uh, you look kind of alone. Are you alone in there? Is anybody else in the office? It looks uh, like we got, a, we got about ten people here. We got okay. Randy and Shubs over on the news desk. We got a few people over there. I'm not alone. Okay, I'm never alone, guys. With you, give a shout out to Shubs. We haven't talked to Shubs for Jason Shubno. Shubs, everyone says hi. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's bring it back here to the market. Uh, PSA, as far as upcoming events, we do have E3 coming up. It starts on Saturday. Uh, we're doing our preview show about it today at 1 o'clock. Uh, but the big of the big day is going to be Sunday. That's when Microsoft is presenting. Sunday and Monday are the two big days. So we have Microsoft on Sunday. We have uh, Take-Two, I think, is Monday. Activision will be there. EA, they're all going to be there. What is this event? E3. This is like you, the, you know, the gaming event. This is the Super Bowl for for gaming. Yeah. All right, I'm writing them all down. When is this? It starts Saturday and it goes until oh, it's this weekend. Yeah, it goes until Tuesday, I think. So long gamers over the weekend, May- but then there might be some information. I didn't say that. I didn't say that, but <laughs> no, I'm just saying I I like to play stocks and do events. So are we going to be getting like information from these? Companies? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But oh. but. But prior to Monday, am I safe through Monday, or is it like coming out on the weekend? There's going to be information too. Oh, there's going to be news on over the weekend. Oh, yeah, so that's that. a little bit scary because what if you know they come out with a delay on some special game or something? Your stock gets tanked. So and then you can yell at Spencer. On, yeah, I'm like on Spencer, Monday. you told us to buy. <laughs> I, I would not say that. So we well, don't tell anybody to do anything. No investment so. advice here. No. Somebody Just ideas. We're idea generators. We're the idea, guys. We're the idea network here. Uh, this thing uh, hasn't. Somebody's asking on the chat. This yeah, has done anything. I, I haven't looked know. at it forever. I own it. I just haven't looked at it forever. It just sits here and does nothing. I Michael Pactor, we need the Zynga. I don't know if Zynga will be at E3. I, I, I don't know that. I'm sorry. So uh, it's going to be Activision, Take Two, EA. 
yeah, the big guns. All the Microsoft, uh, I'm sure Roblox would probably be there, right? All Roblox. Oh, Roblox. Roblox is pulled back. <laughs> yeah, That's a nice dip on Roblox. GameStop, GameStop will probably be there in some way, shape, or form, I'm assuming. I like the dip on Roblox here. What do you think, Joel? I mean, stocks uh, to clear up trends, storied stock. I mean, valuations nosebleed. But if we're still going into this ran, raging Wait for bull a double market bottom. Here, maybe, maybe if you're uh, oh, just early. one update on that um, that uh, conference. Um, AMC is going to be giving free popcorn out at the conference. I just wanted to add that. Mm. Uh, traded down in the pre-market. I mean, if mm, nowhere near fifty percent yet, Dennis. Your neck ninety-two fifty-three. You're through that low. Maybe wait 90. That's a nice round number. Next daily low that you had to contend with is 87.59. But you can, with these guys' stocks, I mean, they have a hard day, three day sell off. Then if they could just put a couple lows into the same area, you know, maybe just got rid of one or two big sellers and then turn up. But definitely a, a big fall. There was kind of no reason it went over 100. And there's probably no reason it's selling off back down to 90. Such an interesting All right, let's market. do some ticker time if we can. We got 13 minutes until uh, I'm going to bring on Fred Teal, CEO of Marathon Digital. Let's do ticker time. I'm good. I'm game. Can we cover some real stocks, though, first? I mean, like uh, any big stocks? Is there any big news on any of the – we just don't want to hear about Apple or Microsoft? Well, or we had the Biogen bad. the other day. Yeah. Oh, what did that do yesterday? Oh, yeah. Let's, it, came let's back a bat. it came back. Ah. It's kind of settling bit. in here. It bounced. Yeah. bounced it, it sold off in the morning, and then they bounced it actually in the afternoon, coming back up four hundred. Psychological, probably some calls there too. Think about the weekly calls that can put a lid on it. There would have been a lot of people speculating. This is one thing. Quick lesson, you know, on options. I mean, if you get a lot of speculation, which I'm assuming there would have been going into this event, you'll often see where the weeklies. You know, you lose the four hundred, and then it opens it up a bit. So I wouldn't be surprised if four hundred puts a lid on it, just because it's price and speculative weekly calls kicking around there. And you know, obviously, once you lose those on Friday, Monday, it sometimes opens up. This is why a lot of times you see a, a big move in like a, a in a stock that has a, hot, a lot of option open interest at a, a certain strike. Where you know all of a sudden those expire worthless, and then all of a sudden you got the market making action that's not surrounding that all of a sudden, and that it can open up the price. So all I'm saying is I think 400 probably puts a lid on it this week. Yeah, what was that? Without the even high, looking at the open yeah, interest. the high, yeah, the high yesterday, 399.07. The only thing I just keep thinking about this one is you know all the pain that people had for six years, you know, in the great, you know, and and just a great bull market, and then you get back up to. I mean, it just to me, if you're a fund oh, manager. Yeah, you're yeah. a fund manager. You sat through this and that and the other thing, and you're like, man, I can get out over 400. Man, oh, man. I mean, it, you know, it got up near the all-time high. And as I mentioned, we were doing the show when they originally came out and said, hey, we're working on this Alzheimer's drug, 480.18. And that kind of marked the, uh, the top biotechs, man. There's just no interest in the biotechs, is there? Well, no, I guess IBB is looking okay. Uh, Lily had a quiet day. What was up? Some of the Lily other had stuff? a big move though off this. There was uh, some moves did. off this, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the other one was Sava, right? S A V A. Did I have a big move too? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. That, that can inside day for I that think one. The biotechs have been the opposite of quiet. I mean, I agree. I just the they've actually really been some of them have really been moving so. 
They're probably some of the smaller cabs too, right? So I would falling. assume some of the smaller yep, cabs falling in, uh, falling in that category. Uh, people are asking about Apple. I, I'm only one person, maybe, because it's just been boring. It's been boring. Trading range. Did I it own get it. Long term portfolio. Boring. <laughs> Tesla. Look at that. Boring. <laughs> Tesla's been boring too. It really has. It's kind of just hanging out. I don't know what to think about Tesla here. I still think long term it's going lower, but you know it's caught a bit. The only thing concerning a little bit for the Tesla bulls here is we've had a pretty good flying into growth names, and Tesla was always part of that, you know. And now they got Tesla mixed in with the mega caps, where it's not moving much. Yeah. It's kind of all a lot of index arbitrage happening around it. Just not not exciting here. The China news yesterday was faded quickly, which isn't great either. We opened up about twenty handles there on. Um, some China sales, and then they gave that back immediately too. So I don't really like the tape action here in Tesla, but um, it has come off those lows. I'd say 550 still support, but obviously, I don't know. I, I just don't like the, the, the action. I still think Tesla's going lower. Someone asked about Tilray. Uh, we're going to have the CEO of Tilray on the Power Hour today at 1230 Eastern time, so tune into that. But Tilray's, been a, Tilray's not boring. Tilray's been moving along with the, the rest of these, these high flyers. So... Um, I don't know what 22 bucks, just over 22 bucks popped there the other day, came down, pause, put in a double bottom. Nice day yesterday, continuation move. Uh, let's see, haven't, yeah, just spiked up to 2120. But what you want to see in this one, you want to get up, take out that 2214, keep on going. You had another high at 2207. So have a patient seller. That'd be a nice target. That's about a buck 10 away from here probably within the average daily range too. So keep an eye on uh, that $22 area in Tilray. Um, a bunch of questions. Here's a good one that um, we haven't really talked about this for a while because it's been boring, but like sector rotation. Are there, first off, I guess there's two questions and they're pretty much the same. One is from uh, all styles. Are there any signals of rotation out of growth stocks? And the other one uh, was... Oh, come on. Where is that question? Can you go over the sectors? Where do you see the rotation going? Thanks. Uh, you are still seeing rotation into growth stocks. You are seeing the dips get bought on the growth names. You're starting to see this. I mean, the energy trade has is the problem is we've just been so quiet for the last week. It's hard to identify really any, you know, like trends it's all been reddit stocks you know we've been talking reddit stocks it's what's been moving it's where the action is i looked at my up filter and nine out of the ten stocks my big up filter this morning were reddit stocks and then so you're looking here and you're thinking i i don't know i mean the growth has come back a long ways i'm long some of these growth names but you know every dip seems to keep getting bought here too i mean i sold my unity software which i probably shouldn't have sold it's starting to bump up here again and you know if it can get up over 100 it starts to get interesting so it bumped its head right up against yesterday 99.79 and then you know we know there's major resistance there which is why i thought it was going to run into resistance but i thought it might sell back off far enough that i might get it back at the 88 or 87 spot that i bought it before that hasn't occurred so i'm looking at it here now and thinking oh, i sold it thinking I could scalp it and get it back. And now I'm looking and thinking I might not get it back. This could actually break out over 100. So I think you're still seeing money uh, still move into growth names. I don't know when that, that can change on a dime. But right now, they're still buying the dips on growth. Uh, Kathy's kind of moved up here. ARKK. That's a good, uh, and that's a good, you know, just ETF to look at and say value versus 115. growth. Look yeah. at this. Yeah. 115 area. Like Hit it yesterday. Didn't have a great day yesterday. And you can say that's value. 
and Kathy's still holding up here. So still, I'm still going to stay neutral on the Kathy stocks, but I, she's come back. She's come back. When, when else? last time we talked, Kathy? We haven't uh, talked Kathy you know on the show in a while. I, I was going through her email last night thinking the exact same thing. I was like, when is the last time we actually go? Yeah, we don't talk Kathy very much. She was the thing to talk to months ago, three months ago. Now it's all Reddit. Well, she's cooled so, off. She's cooled off, but not entirely. Not she's entirely. coming. She's she's sneakily. She's quietly coming back here. Yeah. So I went neutral, Kathy. I went neutral, Kathy, back at hundred after all my hate for. Her. Oh, wow. So I'm neutral, you, Kathy. We're neutral, you, right now. That's why we're not talking too much. We're just neutral, you. We're neutral. Okay. Um, That's our rating on. I can. I think I, I can mean, give official I'm, ratings to Kathy Wood. I mean, I'm still. <laughs> I, I'm can you give official long. ratings to people? I'm still yeah. long. I'm still on the KW, uh, and I've been that, been long that this entire time, and no intention of selling that. All right, uh, got a couple more minutes here. Let's do LUV. We got a question about LUV. I'm talking to airlines for a minute. This reopening trade is still for real, but it's it's long in the tooth, and you're starting to see some of these Ooh, reopening trades. Yeah, you're starting to see them just tire a little bit. I don't know if it's this is the you know, and I'm on the Las Vegas Sands with reopening trade, and it's at critical support here right now too. But you're not seeing that much participation in these names here. Again, there's been so much action to some of the smaller Reddit names, and nothing is really moving right now. So it's hard to just judge these stocks based on the action from the last few days when they're getting no media attention whatsoever. But the reopening trade is still for real here. I would buy these stocks on significant pullbacks. It's just that they've kind of run. I mean, LUV's had a pretty good run back in February. It's been a consolidation station for a while. It's always been one of the lower beta airlines. So it's not going to move as much as a Delta or an American Air, where LUV's a little more conservatively run. So it doesn't go up as much, doesn't go down as much. I don't mind it, but I'd like a bigger pullback. 58. I mean, if you just, it's 58's just sticking out to you. You had uh, the lows there on, uh, what's that, uh, Friday and Monday, or excuse me, yeah, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, you distance yourself a little bit from there. Now they're low there in the middle of May. So just 58. What you want to see is that move back up to 64. Uh, maybe get back to half of that, those losses, six point, nothing special. Get up to 60, 61 and a quarter, hold, consolidate, and make another move. But the longer you take to get back, even the, over that high, that four-day high, just over 60, back to 61, could be a little bit more downside. Also, last month low, if you're looking at the bottom chart on the right, right there at 58 as well. So 58, 58, 58, LUV. Uh, how are we looking overall market? Uh, we're creeping up. I mean, we've had a little dip. We're strong. We've been, and this has happened a couple times in the last three or four days. We're strong in the pre-market. We're holding, we're bid, and then, you know, and then you saw off a little bit. You know, today, we're 10 bucks off the low. I mean, you just got all those bogeys out there, the locals in the pit. They know the stops are there. They want to run the stops at 38 and a quarter. They know it's going to push it to 40. There's nothing after that. So uh, we'll see. A couple days in a row where we've opened up pre-market highs and failed. But who knows? Today, looks it looks strong. And that's what it did the other day. Uh, yesterday, you had the dip that was more midday. I didn't see any news. But that was a pretty quick 25-point sell-off. Uh, once again, you got rollover going over today. So this will be the last day for most people where June is the front month contract. Uh, SEP will be tomorrow. A lot of people wait to Monday. The volume kind of transitions. But you see some of the choppy action that you saw yesterday. For this one, 
you got to take out the pre-market high, get over that all-time high, or else you might have that little rug pull at the open again. Uh, let's do a couple more. We were asked about Coupa software CLUP. I never quite got clarity as to why it sold off after earnings. The numbers seemed okay. I know, and they raised guidance. Right, and and I know the CFO laughs. They have a new CFO, but I, I never quite understood. I not that I looked really hard, but I never quite got why Coupa sold off after their report. It's tough when tech and growth has been going back, and this is making new lows. The relative strength is absolutely terrible. I think you got to wait till you start seeing some life here, trying to catch the falling knife here. When stocks made a new low yesterday, even if it was just on, even if it was just on, you know, earnings. Um, still, you know, making new lows. I always say you got to go. I don't want to be long something making new lows. Well, I mean, this. I think today is an important day for coupons It's trading very spy in the pre-market. But how often do you see like the the reaction low? You took out the low of the move on the day, the big down day. Uh, so I'd say this is it. if it can hang in here today, another day or two, a couple lows in the same area. At least you have a reference point uh, to attempt to log in it. But uh, I'll be keeping an eye on this one today. I'll keep that up on the front page. But uh, I'm going to hop over to premarketprep.com. I'm, I know we missed a lot of symbols here. And Spencer, I know you got an interview coming up at nine. So join me over there. And I got about 20, 30 symbols here that we missed. And uh, Dennis, I'll talk to you later on. Everyone have a good day. Dennis, Joel, good luck to you both. Have a good uh, good open and uh, good day. Good start today. All right. Let me bring on uh, Fred Teal here. He's the CEO of Marathon Digital Holdings. Mara is the ticker. You all know this one, I'm sure. It's... Uh, if you don't know this one, frankly, not sure where you've been the past past few months or past year or so. But Fred Teal, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Great to be here. Uh, let's just start with the news of the day, which is uh, this news out of El Salvador that they've uh, made Bitcoin legal tender. Um, what are the implications of that or of headlines like that to a company like like Marathon? Uh, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that. I was on a uh, Twitter Spaces session last night hosted by Nick Carter and uh, Anthony Pompliano and a group of others with the president of El Salvador on live as the vote was going uh, on the floor of the Congress in San Salvador, the capital city. Um, and the vote passed, obviously, with supermajority. Very exciting vote for the country, I think. Uh, they plan to hold, um, if I remember correctly, uh, hundred plus million dollars of reserves in Bitcoin. Uh, they're really going to roll this out in a fairly big way. I think they really want to attract companies involved in the space to try and make, um, you know, obviously do economic development in the country. Uh, El Salvador has uh, a couple of great resources from a mining perspective. One is very good geothermal energy. And uh, so we're very much looking forward to engaging with the government in El Salvador to see what opportunities might exist for Marathon to possibly mine fully green, renewable, uh, geothermal uh, energy uh, in that country to make uh, Bitcoin. So we're very excited about it. But, but as far as Bitcoin becoming a legal tender, I, I guess, uh, let, let's say let's say it starts happening. Let's say they're the first domino. There are more dominoes to fall. It, it, I guess, is that is that the implication for you then, that you that it opens the door for, for a company like yours to, to, to partner up? Is that the big takeaway? No, I mean, the big takeaway is that as soon as you start using Bitcoin as a legal tender, what ends up happening is you start getting millions of wallets uh, transacting amounts of Bitcoin, which drives more transactions on the blockchain, which will likely create further demand for Bitcoin, which obviously will drive the price up more than likely. What's really interesting is uh, El Salvador being the, in, located where it is in Central America, 
as you look at some signaling, I believe Paraguay has also signaled some interest in possibly doing this. Um, Bitcoin is the perfect uh, type of currency for countries to use uh, for internal payments and external payments, potentially settlement. And by partnering with companies in the case of El Salvador, like Stripe, to build out infrastructure, um, I think it could be a great boon for Bitcoin as it creates real economic activity using Bitcoin. Um, you know, I don't see Bitcoin replacing any uh, sovereign currencies, but as a secondary currency that's legal tender that can be used for payments, especially in countries where you have a great large percentage of the population who either don't have traditional bank accounts or where you have uh, family members receiving uh, essentially um, deposits from family members working outside of the country and the need to send it home. Uh, one of the key things for El Salvador is a large percentage of their GDP, I think in excess of 20%, is actually money coming from Salvadorians who live outside the country sending money home. And by being able to do that and minimize the fees, you know, most of these transfers are $150, $200, small ticket. Uh, but the fees add up quite quickly when you send using traditional means. So by doing it through Bitcoin, it becomes very efficient. More money comes to the family members. So I think it's going to have a big impact on Bitcoin volumes that are consumed on a regular basis uh, or traded, if you would, just because there's going to be a need for it. Let's talk about the Bitcoin Mining Council. Marathon is a part of it. This is a group, uh, I think an informal group that that Elon Musk, Michael Saylor and others put together. Um, I guess there were some eyebrows raised when this was announced because I, I maybe mean, can you can you can you explain sort of like the purpose of it and, and and why you think there was some some confusion or some questions or some suspicion is a better word I guess around around the council. Sure. Well, for the first thing, the, the council's purpose is really just to educate and be transparent about its members' energy usage. So it, it's not to do anything related to. Um, uh, thinking about how people mine things like that. It's really very focused on um, energy usage, how we use it, what our commitment to green energy is um, as a mining company, and then really publishing that our actual usage uh, very transparently. Uh, it's open to any miner who wants to join. Again, it's in a think of it as a group of miners in formation, um, and there'll soon be a website and there'll be more information about it. But, uh I'm sorry, continue. I didn't mean to. Uh, I, was, I was just going to say, so I, I think that the, you know, this is really about transparency and education. Why there was a bit of a kerfuffle, I think. Um, in 2017, a group of miners tried to change uh, and, and implement a fork. Uh, this was the famous 2017 um, New York meeting. Um, and the changes they proposed did not pass. And I think there's always a concern within the Bitcoin community of any form of centralization, any form of control. And uh, I believe, you know, at first there was some fear that this might be the uh, Bitcoin equivalent of OPEC, and it's uh, that couldn't be farther from the truth. So on the topic of uh, mining and energy usage and transparency, um, you've spoken uh, previously about the, the merits of, of Bitcoin as an ESG play. Uh, and yet at the same time, uh, it's pretty industry standard. Uh, a lot of miners use coal. Right to uh, as for their energy, um, and and your you you use it as well. So many others do. Um, are there plans to move away from coal in the future? Well, I think as you see the announcement we made a couple of weeks ago about our next deployment, which will be about two and a half times larger than what we currently have. Um, that will be fully uh, carbon neutral energy mix: uh, wind, solar, 
some nuclear um, and a small amount of clean natural gas, which will be offset with carbon offsets. So we're moving towards um, ideally a 100% carbon neutral footprint for our fleet over the next year and a half. Uh, but our next big deployment is 100% carbon neutral. So we believe most miners in North America are moving that way. If you look at the members um, that exist today within uh, the group of the council, uh, I think you'll see that a large majority of that energy is some form of renewable mix uh, or at least carbon neutral. And, and as, as you said, I would presume a lot of that carbon neutrality comes from carbon credits. Um, it can come from a variety of different ways. So um, in the offset market, miners are essentially buyers of electricity. And in the electrical market, it's actually, there's a specific credit called a REC, which is a renewable energy credit, and they're priced on a per megawatt hour. Um, so that's typically how a miner would offset it. Carbon offsets are really more meant for a company that has fabrication facilities, that has a carbon footprint that's very complex. In the mining industry, it's really just offsetting for sources of electricity. And carbon credits is, is a whole can of worms. We, we're, we're not going to get into that right now, but it, <laughs> that's maybe maybe another day. Um, nope. Can Can you clarify... Uh, the uh, you guys had announced, I think it was last week, uh, an update um, and support for Taproot. Uh, and that announcement sort of went against an announcement that you had made uh, back in March, I guess, where you had said you're going to you're going to mine in in compliant with U.S. regulations, uh, but you will filter transactions. And then you kind of changed your mind, I guess, uh, and announced last week you're, you're not going to filter transactions. You you are you, you do support the taproot update. Uh, what what went into that change of mind? Yeah, I guess that's the, that's the question. What went into that change of mind? Well, um any leader of a company who understands uh, when there's a shift in information regarding what uh, the market thinks is appropriate, what our customers, essentially the institutional buyers of Bitcoin uh, think is appropriate, um, needs to revisit their decision. So we operated under the belief that the institutional market wanted uh, Bitcoin that was OFAC compliant um, and potentially green, uh, which was why we implemented um, the OFAC com compliance aspect of our pool. Um, we quite quickly realized actually that while the uh, institutional investors want to have Bitcoin that is virgin or clean, they're not prepared to pay anything for it. So there's no market with a premium for it. And at that point, it's really more important to um, you know, make sure that every Bitcoin is the same, that they're all fungible and that we support the community and the ability to make the exact same Bitcoin the same way. And so that's why we signaled the reverse of our decision and the return to the vanilla um, version of uh, the Bitcoin node. And uh, we began signaling Taproot, um, which really had nothing to do with the OFAC decision. That was more a question of it took us longer to get that into our code release than um, we had expected. But now we're fully signaling Taproot and we're operating the traditional uh, Bitcoin vanilla node. Uh, Merrick Akimoto, who's the, the, the who's the CEO prior to you, uh, now executive chairman, uh, was on one of our shows back in April. He talked about the importance of uh, mining in the U.S. That's one of your key selling points is that you are a U.S.-based miner. Um, I'm curious what kind of um, conversations you've had, if any, uh, on the political front, like on the federal level, just about the like national security concerns with regards to Bitcoin in the U.S. and and making sure that that's a thing? Uh, well, let me first say we've not been talking to the federal government or government officials about this. So it's more in the industry. Um, 
there's a general in the Bitcoin community, there's a belief that the more decentralized the network is, the more secure it is. And that's true. What you're seeing today is a shift in China uh, of the balance of mining hash rate. As uh, provinces like Inner Mongolia prohibit the mining of Bitcoin, many of these miners now are seeking alternative locations for mining outside of China. And what you're seeing is a shift of mining hash rate on a global basis, um, leaving a concentration in China, moving towards North America, moving towards Europe, um, Russia, for example, uh, and, uh, and Africa. And I think we'll continue to see more of a balancing around the world of the global hash rate, which is a good thing. Uh, I, I want to ask about uh, Bitcoin volatility and, and all that. But before I ask that question, I just want to ask you, um, with regards to, to Elon Musk, first off, does it annoy you? I've watched several interviews with, with you in the past couple of weeks and months. Does it annoy you how often you get asked about him? I, I would imagine it does. Um, you know, anybody who has a, um, a relative or a friend who's famous gets asked about it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the, just the nature of the beast. You know, my last name, Teal, is fairly unique. And I'm always asked, is Peter Teal your brother? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, yeah, it's... Well, well? He's not. My oldest brother's name actually is Peter. So coincidentally but um, so, so you are peter Thiel's brother just not that peter Thiel. It, now exactly that being said allow me to ask you about elon musk um how what how do you feel about the fact that you know this entire market this bitcoin market is can move on a whim on one of his tweets right move up move down um that this is like your core business i, I imagine it's pretty jarring to see that that kind of volatility happen on a tweet Absolutely. I mean, we uh, our revenues are totally determined by the price of Bitcoin, and you know, we can't differentiate our product from anybody else's Bitcoin. They're all the same. And so we are very dependent on what the market thinks of the price of Bitcoin. There are many things that move the price of Bitcoin. There's a retail section of the market, which is typically traded on exchanges, which is what the public is mostly exposed to. And then there's the institutional buying, which is mostly done over-the-counter OTC desks, uh, negotiated kind of behind the scenes, if you would. Um, The market has many participants. The institutional buyers are very smart. Uh, They like to buy uh, when the price of Bitcoin drops, and retail buyers get spooked very quickly. And if you think about Bitcoin um, and the amount of Bitcoin traded on any individual exchange, it doesn't take a large amount of volume uh, moving in any one direction for any you know, to create momentum in price. And if that momentum can be sustained, that price move continues. And so when you see somebody dump a thousand Bitcoin on any given exchange, a thousand Bitcoin is a huge volume. Uh, Whereas on OTC desks, that's a kind of minimum volume you would see trading. Uh, And so what ends up happening is you see these big jumps in price um, whenever a larger block moves. Bitcoin traders are savvy, just like in the stock market, traders are very savvy. They know and develop a feeling for what moves the market. And I think there's a fair amount of trading activity that essentially is driving price up and down on a recurring basis and amplifying some of these moves. I think President Trump tweeted something about Bitcoin being a scam the other day. Um, don't know how much that moved the market, but it was in the news. And anytime there is fear, um, it can drive retail behavior. And greed is another factor that drives retail behavior. You see this in the meme stocks that these days have been moving, whether it's AMC, whether it's GameStop, whatever stock it happens to be, um, 
you get a certain amount of momentum in the retail traders and that actually moves price. Now, the institutional traders trade on that basis. They know that retail traders will move that way. And so I believe that Bitcoin volatility has been a boon for some of the, the crypto traders. Uh, you look at a pattern of how Bitcoin trades, it typically goes down at night when Asia, this is a current trend, uh, when Asia starts trading, you see the Bitcoin price drop. And as Europe and North America come online, you see Bitcoin price work its way back up. So what that would indicate to me is you have a lot of sellers in Asia and you have buyers um, in the US and Europe soaking up that, that supply. Um, but eventually the sellers in Asia will stop selling. And at that point, if institutional buyers want exposure to Bitcoin, they're going to have to buy it in the open market and the price is going to go back up. Yeah, but at the same time, AMC isn't billed as a currency. Uh, and and as you said, Bitcoin is really the foundation of your company's balance sheet. So like, are, like, are, are you hoping for a day where, where it's not as volatile? Because it would seem to me like this is a, this is a feature, not a bug for, of the, for the moment. Yeah, so um, we're obviously believers in the long-term hold of Bitcoin. We don't sell the Bitcoin that we um, receive in the form of rewards on a daily basis for our mining efforts. So we're a long-term holder. Over time, Bitcoin is going to become much more stable as more and more volume uh, of wallets are dispersed. And um, Bitcoin becomes used more and more for what it was originally designed for, which is a currency and a settlement network. What you'll find is the price will start stabilizing. More and more Bitcoin will be held by institutions. As ETFs launch, they're going to have to hold Bitcoin. Think about it this way. There are 900 Bitcoin made per day. That's it. So if a fund wants to launch with $100 million uh, of capital or investors, uh, it has to go find that Bitcoin in the open market somewhere. It can't just go to miners to buy it. And so I think as ETFs roll out, as institutions hold more Bitcoin, uh, there'll be a lot less volatility in Bitcoin, and then we'll see more stability in the price. And, uh, you know, I think, I believe like many others that Bitcoin at its current price is undervalued, that it should be at a higher level. And, uh, you know, I'm optimistic that we'll see a return to uh, higher levels and more stability in the price over time. Uh, how high level should it be at? <laughs> That's a tough hey, question. Hey, you said it. You said it. That's a tough question. Um, listen, I, I think that if you look at the stock to flow, model and you look at models of just absorption of Bitcoin by institutions, um, there are all sorts of reasons why the price of Bitcoin um, could go two, okay. three, four times higher. Okay. Uh, this last one here is from my man, uh, Ryan Rosbiani, who's asking about uh, guidance. I believe you've given guidance out as far back as to Q1 of next year. Um, but the plan going forward, is it just to keep, keep on mining Bitcoin? I know you've said you're not at least for the moment, you're not expanding to other cryptocurrencies. You're just going to be a Bitcoin miner. Is that just the plan going forward here? Well, the plan going forward is to focus on Bitcoin. That's our core market, if you would, where we want to be, um, you know, one of the larger miners uh, in the world and uh, one of the preeminent miners in North America. We think it's the cryptocurrency to focus on. Ethereum um, is going through a transition and it's always tough to enter uh, a market when you're going through a transition. And we're optimistic that Ethereum will make that transition securely. But in moving to proof of stake versus proof of work, it becomes less attractive uh, as a place for a miner to operate, which is why we haven't gone into that market. 
All right. Fred Thiel is the chief executive officer of Marathon Digital Holdings, ticker M-A-R-A, chart up on the screen as well. Peter, it's been a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you so much. You've been thrown into the fire in these couple months here, but uh, I'm sure it's been fun. We look forward to uh, keeping up on your progress. We'll be in touch. Thank you. Much appreciated. Thanks a lot. Uh, Guys, hope you enjoyed the conversation again. Fred Thiel, um, CEO of Marathon. Give us a like if if you liked it. Great. If you don't like it, give us a like anyway. But um, I, I can't imagine you. Uh, you, uh, you would. You asked. People asked us to bring Marathon on. Get Mara. Get Mara. They said you asked, and we delivered. We got Mara for you. Uh, we are always trying to get more executives, get get more CEOs on our shows. Uh, if you missed yesterday, we had the CEO of uh, X, or not the CEO, the Vice President uh, of Xpong. If you go back and watch Pre Market Prep uh, yesterday's show, we talked about XPEV talked about self-driving cars, talked about full self-driving. When's that coming? Spoiler, not for a while, at least according to uh, Brian Gu at Xpeng. Uh Fred Thiel today, great interview. Uh, and we've got, as I mentioned earlier, the CEO of Tilray on the Power Hour at 12.30 Eastern time today. So thank you so much uh, to Fred for his time. Uh, that's going to be a-, a wrap here pretty much for pre-market prep uh, for the day. A um, couple of people asking about Get Technical. Uh, first off, Get Technical, we moved the show. It is now no longer in the mornings. It is now daily or Monday through Friday from 1 to 2. But Neil is out. He's, he's out today and he was out yesterday. So there is no Get Technical today. Um, there will be Get Technical tomorrow. Um, in that slot, though, we are doing an E3 preview. We've got a bunch of gamers here. I've been thinking a lot of people who really pay attention to the gaming space uh, and esports, and we're going to be doing an E3 preview after the Power Hour at 1 o'clock Eastern Time today uh, right here on this channel, so you don't even have to go anywhere or do anything. It'll be, it'll be right here, and we're going to walk through the biggest announcements, what to expect from Microsoft, uh, Nintendo, EA, Activision, take two, all the biggest players. Uh, we'll go through that for an hour uh, today. And then, uh, because E3 is going for like five days, on Monday and Tuesday night at like 7 o'clock both nights, give or take, maybe, we're going to be doing like a recap show slash a gaming stream. So I said we've got a few gamers here. They, they just want to hang out and talk about E3 and game at the same time. So that's what we're going to do Monday night and Tuesday night. I, I don't know the exact time, probably around 7 o'clock. And they're just going to go. They're going to go. They're going to talk about E3, and they're going to game. And we're going to try to do more of that on our channel because we've gotten some people saying that, hey, can I just game on the channel, talk about gaming? And like, sure, why not? That's like a yeah, that's a pretty nice part of uh, of, of the streaming world, and there's, there's no reason why we shouldn't do it. So um, that'll be next week, though, Monday and Tuesday, but tune in today at 1 o'clock for the E3 preview show. That being said, it is 921. I've got David Green from Wall Street Global Trading Academy joining the show, or joining the stream in four minutes or so. He'll be on, as he is, every Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday, to live trade the open until about 11 o'clock. He does that with us uh, every week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, live trades, uh, and and it's real talk. Like he's he's not he's not like a BSer. He doesn't say how amazing he is at trading. He's just real talk, real talk, uh, super straightforward, technical trader. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you check it out. Um, 
VO Noob, I would tell producer AB he needs to tuck his shirt in. Thank you so much for reminding me or for saying that. We always like feedback. Uh, Vegas, what is a good gaming ETF? Well, there's two big ones. There's Hero and there's ESPO. Those are the two big ones that I can think of. I know there's a couple more, but Hero and ESPO are the big two. I personally am long ESPO. Uh, do not take that to mean one thing or another. Check it out for yourself. They're a little bit different in terms of what they hold, but those are, those are the two main ones, Hero and ESPO. Uh, okay. How many likes are we at today? I I, I want I got to end the stream regardless, but I, I just want to see um, before we... Um, well, 421 would have been cool, but let's get to 500 if we can. 500 likes for a great show. We had Fari. We had Fred Teal from Marathon. We had some great questions. Dennis was fired up. Joel was fired up. Uh, and we appreciate all your likes, everyone who's hanging out. Um, again, any more suggestions? I, I mentioned this yesterday. I'm going to say it again. Um, if you want us to have anyone on the show, just email us. Shows at Benzinga. Dot com right there is the email on the screen shows at benzinga.com email us with suggestions who you want us to have on the show i wrote everyone down yesterday uh, who was suggested and we would do our very best to get them on the show if they're not from like a scammy company um uh, that being said, everyone, please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Um, Benzinga Pro. Let's talk about Benzinga Pro. Guys, pro.benzinga.com. Get a free two-week trial. There, he tucked in his shirt. Did you tuck in your shirt, Aaron? Good job. Good job, man. Um, free two-week trial, pro.benzinga.com. If you like it, you want more, you can get a discount by entering the promo code that's on the screen there, YouTube20. That'll get you 20% off any Benzinger Pro subscription, YouTube20. Uh, if you have your own platform, you want to become an affiliate, you want to send customers or subscribers to Benzinger Pro and get a cut every time that happens, you can do that. Here is the link. It's on the screen. Benzinga.partnerstack. Com. That is the link to our affiliate program where you get paid every time we get paid. So check that out as well. Okay, 924. I'm heading out. Good luck at the Open. We got five minutes until that happens. Um, same story, right? Meme stocks, Reddit stocks, all moving, all flying here. Uh, Wish is going to be, I guess, the big one of the day for now. There's less live water change. All right, everyone, have a good rest of your morning. Good luck at the Open. David Green coming up right now. This stream will redirect. You shouldn't have to do anything. It should just start playing automatically once the stream ends. Have a good, uh, have a good Open, and uh, I'll see you later.
Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdrafts up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.